Oh, universe. It's, uh, what is it? 11.37? Yep. It's 11.37 here in the 303-720-917. And whatever Albuquerque is. Is the whole state of New Mexico one area code? At this point, they got to be at least two, right? Um, <clears throat> I mean, with all the aliens living there, they're probably even three area codes. Kabam! That's some rare New Mexico alien humor. Wait, that's really the only New Mexico humor out there, because everything else is like about that. <sighs> Jeffrey Epstein, governor of theirs. But, alright, let's get off this subject. And on to more interesting diatribe. Alright, first of all, putting the phone where it can't get fucked with. Well, I mean, hmm, that's an overstatement. Pause. And then I thought, no, I wasn't thinking. Alright, if I wasn't thinking, what was I doing? Well, I was believing. Hello? Believe, I believe, I believe. That's why I don't have to think. I have to think about where the pause button is, though. Okay, so let's set the scene since we've got Kitty Cat on the right, who has, I hope, gotten over her 11 o'clock freak out. She seems to have calmed down at this point. Spent a lot of time up on that closet shelf, huh? Looking at the ghosts. Did you catch any? Did you hunt them? Are you a ghost hunter or are you a ghost catcher? Oh, yeah. See you, Kitty. So we no longer have Kitty. Which just leaves me and the Feebster. Right, Feeb? Right. Alright, so it's me and Feeb, and anybody listening to this should be leaving the premises immediately. But I know some of you aren't smart enough to do that, so I will try to provide something of value next. But first, I have to pause for these messages. Hi, folks. This is Dave Daverson with a public service announcement about drugs from... Our staff here at It's All My Fault. If you're a huge fan of drugs like we are here, I mean a huge fan, well then you should know that if your dreams are getting fucked with, it might be time to get off the drugs. And if, if your dreams continue to persist and give you all kinds of insight and revelation about the wisdom of life while you're taking drugs, well then you're unusual. This has been a public service announcement from Dave. Back to you, Dave. Okay, and now a word from our sponsor. All right. <clears throat> All right. Uh, this week's sponsor is isopropyl alcohol, 91%. Are you aware of how f- fucking awesome this stuff is? If not, well, go find out. And back to the show. Okay. So, uh, Dave called out again. In fact, if he hadn't done that public service announcement, I don't even know if I think Dave exists, but there uh, will be no Dave tonight, just John and Phoebe and maybe the cat. Uh, And so, with that consistently bringing it home lineup, you can expect us to, well, for one, swear a bit. Have I already sworn? I think I have. I probably said three swear words at this point. How much recording time are we in here? We're 350 in. I would guess I'm at five swear words at this point. But I could easily be at 45. 
because I don't have any qualms about using language as I want to use it. I don't think of bad words as bad words. Now, what are the two words I won't use? Well, there are many words I won't use, but there are two words that I will tell people not to use in front of me. And one starts with C, the other starts with N. Why? Because to me, those are the two words self-selected by both communities that are the most offensive terms ever brought upon them as terms of degradation. Now, one of those communities has embraced the term and revived it in a cross-cultural slap to the face of a history of oppression. Bravo. The other just says, don't use that word in front of me, ever. Bravo. So, in respect to both of those, you'll never hear those words leave my mouth. And if I hear them in conversation, polite or otherwise, I immediately interject to say, I got a lot of latitude in terms of language I will accept, but that's one word, or God forbid you double-dipped and used both in one sentence, that I just am not up for hearing ever again. People respond pretty well to that, especially when it comes to the N-word. But, whatever. So, uh, what am I talking about? Shit, not that. You know who you don't want to fuck with? The Incas. Oh my God. Seriously. They ran up and down mountains. Just because they had to deliver a message. They would move goods and information 250 miles a day. Think about that. And this isn't on horseback or llama back, or alpaca back. No. This is human beings running. So much is this what was built into their cultural uh, and geographical reality that... Kitty. Oh, that's not kitty. What the fuck was that? What is that? Oh. <sighs> um that their physical body started to change. They grew more expansive lung capacity, as well as thicker and shorter legs that gave them more endurance for <clears throat> vertical climb running. Basically, they were running stairs <laughs> at the tune of fucking 11 miles an hour. <laughs> Do you know how fast 11 miles an hour is? It's fucking fast. <laughs> Go run 11 miles an hour. Just try to get to that speed. It's fast. So, if I were in a deathmatch mano y mano against another person of historical generality, I do not want to pick an Incan. At all. I don't even know if I want to pick one today. I mean, I don't want to pick anybody to be in that match. But... The Incans were tough. So what happened to them? Well, here's the thing. I'm not, I'm not going to talk about the unsolved mysteries represented up and down the American continents, which I think there are a plenty. More than Egypt, more than... Southeast Asia. Well, maybe not more than there. 
Certainly not more than, well, no, probably more than the Middle East. I, I don't know. The whole world's a mysterious canvas of what the fuck, so what am I saying? Uh, I did get on to talk about why I folded my hand of life. So having no notes on this, maybe I should go write like three things down that make sense so I don't uh, just wander too far off topic. Hang on. Unpause. All right. I don't know how effective that little exercise is going to be. It's 11.57 at this point. So we're three minutes before the stroke of midnight. Cat's, uh, where did the cat, oh, she's out there. Right. So the cat's out, dog's in, uh, feet are up on the side of the bed and away we go. All right. Why did I fold my hand of life? Well, in all of my stabs to run up a vertical of, hmm, of self-worth, I came up empty. Now, I was a bit flighty, let's be honest. I was also a bit disinterested in long-term goals, let's also be honest. And I was less than apt at creating um, value outside of reaction and, and moment. I, I, I'm much better at snappy conversation than I am at research projects. I don't know what that implies, but it meant that <clears throat> by the time I got to college and the type of work necessary to achieve, especially at the, at the thesis and beyond level, well, I don't know if I had the commitment to that kind of hmm, work compilation, that level of project uh, management, I've always been poor at. And while I aced the LSAT, literally aced it, got 100% without ever studying for it, it's the only reason I got into law school. I mean, I could argue that I had shown an academic road of recovery, given that my senior year GPA climbed all the way to a 2.99 after my freshman year GPA started at a 1.07. <laughs> oh yeah. Didn't even make it to a 3.0, which is hilarious because my last, <laughs> last year's grade in philosophy Went from an A- minus to a B plus based on attendance for a day I took off to go do mushrooms with him. Well, let's just say I'm not, I'm not as upset as you might think. Anyway, the point is... <clears throat> well, there, there, there is a perfect example. On a day when... And I, had I known this would have been the difference between a 2.99 and a 3.0, I certainly would have attended the class. I wasn't aware that that breaking line was even in play. But in retrospect, that's the kind of thing that you should have known. Like I should have had my GPA dialed in at that point to see if I couldn't have gotten it to a 3.0. I honestly think that would have cleared the bar for a couple of law schools that I was, uh, that I was interested in, but was rejected from, I think simply based on my GPA being sub 2 point or sub 3.0. So it could have been a huge line of demarcation that affected the rest of my life, for all I know. 
But let's assume it wasn't. And, uh, and I assume it wasn't because my choice in the moment was always to do that which seemed the most, hmm, intensely life-oriented, period. There is no tomorrow. Guaranteed. I mean, obviously tomorrow is kind of guaranteed, but there's no guarantee that I'll be in it. And so, if Julia from Germany is going to offer to do mushrooms with me, the last week she's going to be in the country. Oh, of course I'm going to do them. So, I was never that interested in my long-term outlook. I think because I knew my long-term outlook always ended in one specific place, right here. Alone and waiting for the event. So why not run out and go extreme with my life experiences as much as possible now, between now and then? Then and now. Now and later? No. Never liked them. Okay, but there are a lot of other reasons here. The most alarming part of not being able to find myself until recently was how much I thought I was a coward because of it. And I was. I mean, this is fair. And that led me to really self-immolate as a failure of various degrees from casual uh, loser to full-blown psychopath, sociopath, whatever. I actually had a, a freshman, nah, I guess sophomore, well, both, freshman to sophomore year girlfriend. We dated for a couple, what was that? It was a while. Was she the first in the 20-month club? Maybe. Anyway, boy, that would make her my first girlfriend really to break it. Oh, my God, I haven't put that all together. Hang on, I'm just going to write a note here. 20-month club. Kim. All right. Um, anyhow, I was called a sociopath by an ex-girlfriend early, which I have to admit she had some argument, some footing on which she was standing. But I wasn't a compulsive liar yet. I was a casual and um, convenient liar. But compulsive liar hit probably somewhere in my late 20s that I really realized I was having trouble sometimes even telling the truth. Um, and, I, and then compulsive behavior started emerging all over the place. I was a compulsive cheater. I was a, well, I was always a compulsive cheater, but I was a compulsive everything. I was a compulsive gambler. I was a compulsive drug addict. I was a compulsive sex addict. You name it. If you could get compulsive over it, eating, eh, sort of. Definitely, yeah. I mean, at times... Compulsive with golf, compulsive with tennis, compulsive with knowledge, compulsive with authors. Compulsive, compulsive, compulsive. <clears throat> and, uh, and that, plus the lying, plus the slippery agreement with doing things in my own interest versus giving a shit if it was going to hurt other people, started making me think I was villainous. And this is only five to less than that of my behavior, 5%, probably closer to 2% if I really figure it all out. Because otherwise, I was a very good employee, I was a very good neighbor, I was a very good fucking citizen. I, you know, like, I had every advantage, 
So, of course, walking through the hoops that were just laid there for me to cross through, well, I tried all that too. But as that wasn't working, more of my compulsive self started to emerge. More of my disregarding self started to emerge. More of my, am I a supervillain or just a supervillain's henchman? Or just the guy who wipes the ass of the henchmen of the supervillains. Somehow am I involved in that camp? And then, I hate to say it, but Sandy Hook collapsed. For me, that showed me I was nowhere near the level of villain I thought I was. I literally thought I might be some of the worst among us. Hmm. Well... Nope. Okay. And I swore I wouldn't talk about this subject. Of course, I can't not talk about what changed me here, and that changed me. But then when you get into some of the bullshit with NASA, and then, honestly, Pizzagate comes along, and that had fucking meat on the bone. And all of a sudden, either you're being manipulated at such a high level that you have to withdraw into a cocoon of protection from the the bombardment of misinformation and disorientation that's coming your way. And bam! Mandela Effect happened. And that wasn't the final straw that broke my little Phoebe's Macy's Day balloon swelled back. Nope. Because that that made me wonder all sorts of shit. But I couldn't answer anything from it. If anything, it ceased my illusion of thinking I was this close to figuring out what I needed to know to move forward and find confidence in this reality that I could assimilate and maintain purpose simultaneously. I thought, if I can't trust my own pattern of thinking, my own history of knowledge, my own base of experience, well, I must be a non-player character. It was the most reasonable explanation I had. And if that was the case, well, of course I folded, wouldn't you?